0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet, so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com.
1: Good morning. It is Friday, December 16th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off, and in his place is Tony Kennett. Tony, thanks for joining us today.
2: Genuine, my genuine pleasure. In fact, I was so excited I forgot to turn my mic on at the start of the show. So <laughs>
1: uh, there was a Tony Katz sighting in the studio, and uh, you guys are dressed the same. I asked if wow, I could take a picture. Wow, thanks for saying
2: that on the air. I you, appreciate you that. You
1: totally look the same. You both have the beard going. You're wearing a vest. You're both wearing jeans with some cool hip shoes. And I asked him if I could take your picture, and he completely denied me. So. Tony, As he should. let's get into it this morning by talking about something that's going on in China. They have very quietly lifted their zero COVID policy. Now, you remember a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, seeing videos of people demonstrating they were fighting back against the men in the white suits and the face shields on and uh, things were... Uneasy, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's putting it lightly. I mean when you actually see people throwing themselves against the riot shields of these, you know, Chinese communist dictators, mm-hmm. uh, it was a wonderful thing to see the citizenry of China. Or I guess you know they they're not actually allowed to be citizens; they're more like subjects, mm-hmm. you think. And uh, I mean it looked like they were fed up with the zero COVID policy and with this just authoritarian nightmare.
1: Yeah, well they have gone from total lockdown for three years to dismantling testing stations and turning off their medical tracking devices. So they're scrapping all of their COVID rules. They're allowing their residents to move about freely for shops, factories, restaurants, remaining open without a fear of snap lockdowns. But here's the deal. Uh, these COVID variants are flying around in China. And here in America, we've had the opportunity to build up immune systems and they have not. So what is this going to do to them? Well, that's really
2: the 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 question here. I'm I'm not really sure if China even knows at this point. I think that in a in a very kind of funny way, they're playing it by ear, Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like watching the toddler just bump into walls, not really knowing where they're going in the dark. And uh, it's really funny to see just China back down and just kind of try to quiet it down after this national embarrassment for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you see the videos of people watching their phones like turn bright red because the government was just, oh, we've decided you're not allowed to be a person anymore, and then. China realized that, man, when you piss off your citizens, that really goes the wrong way real (laughs) quick.
1: Yeah. Uh, Xi Jinping has been- Yeah, President Winnie the Pooh. Yes. He's been pretty quiet about this. And you really have to search out to find out headlines about how they're dealing with opening up their country. And it's going to have quite an economic impact because- I've seen that in January, they're the Bank of China and everybody they're meeting and they're talking about releasing another stimulus package, seven hundred dollars. Oh, those per always person. work. Mm. Yeah, and uh, s- some economists they've predicted different things with their GDP, and now the growth is forecast at 4.8. It's gone everywhere from 2.6 to 5.2. And now the people at Goldman Sachs say it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. However, just this morning, Goldman Sachs laying off 4,000 people as the Wall Street Bank is struggling to meet Hold their on. profitability targets. I was targets.
2: told that the economy was doing great under President Biden. We were built back better, and he'd, have added more jobs, and the whole economy. And <laughs> I was told, I, I was promised, pinky promised by mm-hmm. the government, this was mm-hmm. just going to be wonderful. And everyone's getting laid off everywhere. It's like an unemployment bonanza. And now China's not able to meet their budget, so they're going to print some more money. Mm-hmm yeah, sure, that'll work. That always calms everything (laughs) right down.
1: Yeah, well, I can recall back in May, Rob and I talking about how we're going to have to deal with higher utility costs and heating costs. And sure enough, it's coming to fruition. And although we've been told that inflation is transitory, here we go into 2023 and all signs from uh, Larry Summers and everybody saying uh, Jamie Dimon, saying that 2023 we're we're going to see a recession and it may not be pretty.
2: Oh yeah, I mean I, you know I'm going to it's going to be very selfish here for a second and uh, over the last year and a half I've I've had several raises as I have gone from working at Indianapolis Public Schools to working with Shockboard Review now to working with the Daily Signal, mm-hmm. my salary has increased. And with inflation, that doesn't matter. So it's like I feel as though you know my family and I it's like wow, I have a little more money to spend now. Yeah, on groceries no, as they skyrocket no, and as don't. gas as it skyrockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, uh, it just it frustrates me. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate getting that letter in the mail from the gas and the electric company. It's like, hey guys, just letting you know, we're going to charge another couple of cents per kilowatt hour. It's like, oh, it's just, mm-hmm. it gets you because then you have to turn on the TV and hear someone tell you everything is fine.
1: Yeah. My, I, I received my gas bill. It was nearly 230. you have to
2: deliver it in separate envelopes because it's so
1: huge? $230. And I've decided I am clearly doing too many loads of laundry with hot water. That's, <laughs> we're gonna I, have I, I don't to know what to do. I, I, I
2: don't know. I'm, going to have to like start a, a reaching out for alternative water heating programs, and we're going to have to do like the hand crank in the house thing?
1: Yeah. Well, it's happening again, Tony. Uh, Philadelphia is imposing a temporary mask mandate for students and school staff when they come back from winter break in January.
2: Ah, the thing that doesn't work. We're going to try it again. Mm-hmm. Ah, excellent. And the thing that's also shown to be really harmful for kids with speech impediments and going through speech. Wonderful. I I love trying the exact same thing over and over again. And expecting uh, that it's going to work this time, Governor Holcomb. Uh, you know,
1: isn't isn't that the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? I mean,
2: I guess, but I mean, how many times has Chicago elected a Democrat mayor now and it's still like murder capital of the world? At some point, you just have to say they're a lost cause and say, bless your heart and your sweet Southern accent and move it along.
1: Yeah, well, they're citing not just COVID-19, but also the flu and also respiratory illness RSV, and they're saying...
2: Which is not damaging to anyone above the age of infant.
1: Yeah, well, they're saying that this is just a temporary thing because people are going to be gathering with their families over the holiday break and they want to
2: oh, here we go keep again.
1: everyone safe ah, when they return to school. You're going to kill is, grandma. This is just temporary. But Ron DeSantis said Tuesday that he plans to petition the Supreme Court, the Florida Supreme Court, to convene a grand jury to investigate, quote, any and all wrongdoing with respect to the COVID-19 vaccines. Now, here's DeSantis speaking about his investigation into MRNA shots.
0: Like anything, I mean, you, you take an MNRA shot and the way to view it is, okay, what are the benefits and what are the drawbacks and it seems like our medical establishment never wanted to be honest with people uh, about the potential drawbacks and so you showed a clip from dr latipo down here in florida and the analysis that he's done with people particularly young men who've taken the mrna shots we of course had witnesses talk about their experience and how are we in a situation yes florida we banned vaccine passports almost two years ago we banned the THE SHOT MANDATES FOR JOBS AND SAVED A LOT OF PEOPLE'S JOBS. NEVERTHELESS, THROUGHOUT OUR COUNTRY, YOU STILL HAVE HUNDREDS OF UNIVERSITIES IN OTHER STATES THAT ARE STILL MANDATING THESE BOOSTERS ON THESE COLLEGE KIDS when any type of cost-benefit analysis would say the benefit from them taking the shot, as you, as you alluded to, it doesn't prevent them from getting infected or spreading it anyways, the benefit is minuscule, uh, but as Joe Latipo and other studies have shown, you know, there is a risk for doing it. So why can't our medical establishment acknowledge that? Why the deception? Why have they continued to do this for two years?
1: Okay, so Florida's gonna hold the medical establishment accountable by creating this grand jury to investigate the shots. They're going to investigate cardiac-related deaths tied to the mRNA vaccine. They're also forming a public health integrity committee to oversee the medical establishment. And a new poll that was just released revealed that more than two-thirds of the country would favor a, quote, full-throated investigation into the origin of the virus along with the role that Dr. Fauci might have played in the release of the virus. Your it, list, yeah. I mean, it's just such it's so much common sense it hurts.
2: Like it, it's it's so obvious. It it kills me. I, I it just staggers the mind. It's like, well, yeah, duh. You said yesterday, the duh folder. This is a classic candidate.
1: <laughs> You're listening to the Kennel and Casey show. That's Tony Kennett. It's 93 W I B C. Good morning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nineteen minutes after nine, it's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennett is filling in today for Rob, who has the day off. And Indiana's former superintendent of public instruction, Jennifer McCormick, increasingly hinting at a run for governor in 24. Now, she joins a a small field of other potential Democratic contenders, none of whom have actually filed the paperwork officially or made any formal campaign announcements. Some of the names that are being thrown around besides McCormick are Thomas McDermott, uh, the guy who lost out to Todd Young.
2: Oh, and lost out. I mean, I know that Rob hates Todd Young, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, lost beautifully. I mean, he got bent over and spanked in front of the whole state. <laughs> oh, man, McDermott's such a clown. I, I love watching him cry on air. It's so funny.
1: On Another name being mentioned is uh, former state rep Christina Hale. Who? And also uh, former U.S. Senator Joe Donnelly.
2: Oh, wow. I can't wait to vote for a wet sack of paper. Mm.
1: He's busy right now in Rome being the uh, ambassador to the Vatican. Could come wow, back. Wow, what a job. Run for governor. <laughs> it's, what an absolute cushion job. I think Donnelly's the most electable Democrat in the state right now. I think you're right. I just
2: think that he has the personality of a wet paper sack. I mean, I just listening to him is like drinking skim milk.
1: He is very pro-broadcaster, though. I mean, that. Did, yay.
2: I don't know. I just... I've never... I, I mean, every time I listen to him speak, it's like I'm listening to a drippy bathroom faucet. I don't know. It, it's just me.
1: Uh, Democrats haven't claimed a statewide election in Indiana since 2012. Oh. I think that's part of the reason why Pete Buttigieg moved out of the state. If he had any dreams or aspirations to run for the White House, he wasn't going to do it through the state of Indiana, which is why he hightailed it up to Michigan.
2: Which is funny, because that's really one of the things that would have worked for him the most if he was able to say, look, if I can come out of the heartland as as special and as wonderful as Mm -hmm. I am, then really I can bring the whole country together and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah." But he bailed. He, He ran out of the state. And so any message of unification, Pete Buttigieg would have been able to use as a political lever. Mm-hmm. Uh uh-uh, uh, ain't happening.
1: Yeah, we can talk about him more later, but I just want to remind Hoosiers that Pete Buttigieg left you. He yeah, left he you. Did. I mean, he left the entire state.
2: I mean, he wasn't exactly popular in South Bend to begin with. You know, Mayor, no. Mayor Pothole Bagoo. I don't think everyone <laughs> really was quite fond of him. But,
1: but back to Christine McCormick. Um, so Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer McCormick, not a not a longtime Democrat. She used to be part of the Republican Party, and then uh, she switched. But let's talk about this tweet that she sent out. Absolutely, with the median real monthly wages for teachers.
2: She uh, shows this line, that's Indiana compared to other states, Mm -hmm. and then it's this red line that says the median pay for teachers is just kind of flown along, and then it kind of goes down a little bit, and she kind of intones, this is a problem with the legislature. This is a problem with Indiana. We really need to be paying our teachers more. And uh, you think that the uh, former superintendent of public instruction would remember that it's the schools who decide how much teachers get paid? Uh, The schools? are given money by the state and then the schools the local school boards determine what to do with that money I know that's shocking to hear on the air, but that is how the financial system in the state of Indiana works. So maybe if your school is buying a new AstroTurf field for the football team and refinishing the basketball floor for the 815th time in the last 30 years, the money's probably not going to go to your teachers. Maybe that's a question for your school board, not yelling into the air at the clouds like McCormick loves to do.
1: She said we either organize, energize, and mobilize for change, or we continue to watch this unsustainable, Trend,
2: <laughs> organize, mobilize. We got to reduce, reuse, and recycle. Like, find yourself someone who loves you as much as Jennifer McCormick loves herself, and you will be a very happy person indeed.
1: <laughs> she said, "Our kids deserve better." Indiana needs a leader who believes in kids and educators. I believe in you, twenty twenty-four.
2: I, uh, our kids deserve better. I, I really think that she should, you know, visit a doctor uh, concerning her wrist. It must be damaging to clutch pearls as much as she does.
1: <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about how Indiana will soon be an island when it comes to legalized marijuana.
2: Oh, I was really hopeful this was some kind of a climate change scare for a second. It's like the oceans are going to rise. Indiana's going to be an island. He had me excited.
1: Back in November, the governor of Kentucky has said that he's going to sign an executive order to legalize medical marijuana. So we'll, have, we'll be surrounded by Michigan and Illinois and Kentucky all legalizing this and making gobs and gobs of money off of it. How much do you think Illinois got from Hoosiers who traveled to Illinois to buy cannabis? Just take a guess. A guess? Yeah, what do you think that number is? Oh, man. uh, I don't know.
2: 15, 20 million? $40
1: $40 $40 million? $40 million. 40 million dollars. For
2: t- to travel to the Illinois dispensary, mm-hmm. really?
1: That's, uh, that's how much money Hoosiers have poured into the state of Illinois. And uh, that's not even the most. At peak month in July, Illinois made $43 million. Wait, in- July is, is weed month? That's mm-hmm. peak weed season? Mm-hmm. Uh, they made $43 million to off of non-Illinois residents.
2: Kevin, did you know this? Did you, did you know that weed season is July? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. I thought it would have been April. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, I know. 420.
2: 420? Four right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, also, I also thought that, but like July, I guess. I don't know. You want to w- watch some fireworks and, you know, have a real experience, I suppose. Good for them. I don't
1: know. Yeah, so uh, grand total combined with out-of-state sales, the grand total that Illinois made off the sale of cannabis.
2: Yeah, oh, they're 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 taxing it, right?
1: $135 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's money that they're pouring back into their education system.
2: Oh, that—that's a uh, weed for reed dollars. That kind of a thing is that—is that what they're—they're—they're they're, they're saying it? Look, I, I don't think that I don't think that weed should should be illegal personally, and I—I I really think that we, we talk about it way more than it deserves to be talked about. But, I mean, using it as your your education dollar funding—it's like, well, actually, man, I'm I'm real I really care about the kids, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I I I think that's kind of weird. I, I think Indiana. Could certainly use the money on education, sure, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I feel like tying weed to education is kind of a weird one. Is that a weird message? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just think like that. I'm imagine being the representative, you know, explaining that one to the committee. Okay, so we're gonna take the weed. And we're gonna use it so kids can read. I don't know. I just uh, that sounds like a really funny. Well, if people
1: are using it and they're buying it and they're spending that money anyway, isn't that kind of a take a bad thing and make it good in your eyes? I mean, I I, I don't think it's it's bad. I th- I think medical marijuana helps a lot of people. I, I
2: mean, I just, I'm I'm very, I, I Ethan Hatcher has tried to debate me on this on the air before, and honestly, I just, I'm very apathetic about it. I just don't, everyone tries to get like really up in arms mm-hmm. um, about the whole, you know, weed being legal thing, and I just don't care. I think that, you know, a lot of moms in the 80s and 90s over freaked out about it, and it's continued to last as, you know, being illegal. I really just don't care. I think that when people make big, huge arguments about why it's super good or super bad, I'm just... I'm just seeing people making a point just to be edgy, I guess.
1: It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93WIBC, and billionaire investor Ken Griffin, he's the founder and CEO of the hedge fund Citadel, filed a lawsuit against the IRS after his tax records were leaked. So, his lawsuit, yeah, his lawsuit mentions several inspector general reports that found lapses in the security of taxpayer data at the IRS. He uh, alleges the agency willfully failed to establish appropriate administrative, technical, and physical safeguards to ensure the security and confidentiality of his tax records. Uh, So imagine the internal controls now that the IRS will have to put in place if he wins this lawsuit against the IRS for leaking his tax returns.
2: I'm still of the opinion that the IRS, who knows how much you theoretically owe in taxes, should just send you a bill every year instead of making me go through all of this nonsensical... Value acrobatics. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know that's there's a whole industry in the United States made to guess how much you owe in taxes. But I still think that, you know, we're worrying about security when they could simply just send you a bill and say, hey, here's how much you owe us, cough it up.
1: So this should keep the IRS busy at least for a minute, gum up their workloads so they can't Audit as many people because that's yeah, the threat. Yeah. All Everybody's- of those
2: horrible Christian organizations that the Obama administration sicked IRS agents on, and um, I'm sure the Biden administration's, you know, doing the same shenanigans because he was in the last administration. So I'm. I'm- always happy to see IRS agents a little less able to do their jobs.
1: <laughs> interesting thing about Ken Griffin. On an unrelated note, I
2: just got audited. So, there you go. Did you really? No, I'm, I'm about to, after what I just said on the air. All oh, right, right, <laughs> sure, now, now they're coming
1: for you. Uh, interesting thing about Ken Griffin is he paid the second largest amount of all taxpayers in the country.
2: Well, I was told that billionaires didn't pay taxes. <laughs> Hold on. He, he paid a lot of taxes, are you saying? Oh, yes. that, that can't be right. Yes, and, yes. Right. Yes, Bernie's he did. Sanders assured me that he's not paying his fair share.
1: And it's all out there, and uh, he's not happy about it. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. It's 934 with the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kinn is in today and uh, yesterday, right when we were getting off the air, Donald Trump revealed his major announcement. And uh, there's been quite the reaction from it. He released his Trump trading cards. This this is the guy who will sell Anything. This is
2: the best thing because you you said trading cards, but that doesn't do it justice because they're not just trading cards. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not really, like, I gotta be honest, if they were like actual Trump trading cards Mm -hmm. that had, like, I don't know, some of his stats from his presidency or something on it, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, I could see people getting those, but they're digital trading cards, Mm -hmm. they're just digital images of Trump. In various locales, <laughs> and they're $99 each for a digital image.
1: Okay, so it's almost like, let, let's let listen to, what would you call it? A, it's a commercial. The commercial that he put out there, and if you had seen this, you thought, I just woke up, it's 3 a.m., and this is an infomercial. Let's take a listen.
3: Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, (laughs) with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. Mm -hmm. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump Digital Cards Just like a baseball card mm-hmm. or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or <laughs> golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, mm-hmm. and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, mm-hmm. a one on one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump Digital Trading Cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com. And buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone. And they will be gone. <laughs> this is my first <laughs> official Trump trading card NFT collection. Mm-hmm. And you get a chance to meet me. Go to collect right now. It. And remember, Christmas is coming. And is. this makes a great Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. No purchase necessary. Boyd, <laughs> welcome
1: Okay. Oh. So, a lot of people are saying this isn't a good look. No, Whoever it's not. Whoever told him to do this <laughs> gave him bad advice. It's horrible uh, advice. And just like that, Trump lost support of 50% of his base. So, just yesterday, we were talking because it, it, had, it was related to a poll that came out that said DeSantis was ahead of Trump, and, and now there's another one that says Trump is ahead of DeSantis. We're going to go back and forth on that for a while. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, still two years away from the election. But um, my comment was that everybody knows who Trump is. He, he's not going to find new fans. Yeah, but there's nobody he,
2: sitting out there in the middle of a cornfield going, I just don't know this Trump I don't know person. this
1: guy. Let me talk. Let me, let me research him, see what he's all about. And just like that, he goes and does this and he's finding a new fan base people who are into the nft thing so did he did he do the undoable
2: no no, you I don't mean, think it, there's
1: going to be uh, new look, people?
2: I, no, I think that what he did was funny. I, I am. I'm not. I'm, I'm. It's it's funny in kind of a cringy way. Like it's so absurd at this point that you really just can't help but laugh. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people. I I got on Twitter and I mocked it yesterday, and someone's like, "Well, you're just a never Trumper. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. You're just a, a bitter Betty being all upset about it." I mean, no, I'm not upset about it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's embarrassing, but I, I don't think that Trump's gone out and has impressed a new market with NFTs. NFTs were a very strange group of individuals on in the crypto side of things as it is. Mm-hmm. It has not been shown to be successful. It has not been shown to be valuable. Um, these non-fungible tokens, which is what NFT stands mm-hmm. for, I don't know why they didn't call them NF Trumps. That would have been kind of a better branding mm-hmm. um, than have the poor pre- the former president try to pronounce NFT in this commercial. He clearly has no idea what they are. And I don't blame him. It's, <laughs> the whole thing is just so hilarious. He didn't gain fans. But man, if this isn't entertaining.
1: I don't know. What did you just say? You just said these NFT people they're a group of goobers or whatever. You you know, you just Yeah, and and, and that's that could potentially be a group of goobers who were never into Trump before, but now all of a sudden they're talking about him. I mean, and if, if Trump G- came out
2: and said that yeah, crypto is, is the future of currency and this is a really great way to do this and that mm-hmm. and I think this is gonna be an interesting way to kind of mess with the economy and do some really neat things. Yeah, I think that would have improved the that market of individuals maybe. But he didn't do that. He's like, Yeah, here's a hundred images of me and if you buy one you may win a Zoom call mm-hmm. and golf and dinner with your buddies.
1: Like I
2: you didn't you're not this is not like some cryptocurrency nft thing this is a raffle this is a money making raffle to get mm-hmm. dinner with trump and mm-hmm. some people want that and that's fine but man the way that they chose to do this and like the music is all epic behind it mm-hmm. like this is something really huge it's just it's very on brand for trump but boy if it isn't hilarious you
1: know i don't know i think he's going to make a lot of money off of this uh just like he did with his maga apparel and um I was surprised that hours later he unveiled his free speech policy platform, and it is to shatter the left wing censorship regime and reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. So in the morning, he releases his Trump trading cards, which was the major announcement. I guess I took him seriously when he said he had a major announcement. I thought he was being serious. I mean, I thought he was going to say something too. I mean, I didn't take was That was the first announcement he made. Since running, announcing his candidates. Well, that's what you and I did
2: on the air. Remember, we actually sat down and we tried to predict, you know, we like, what are we going to see in this major announcement? What right. could it be? What's the impact going to have? And the man's like, pokemon cards with me.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah, if, oh my god. If they were actual physical cards, but I think they're not. I know it would be even more successful, but that's what I'm saying, maybe he's tapping into an audience that he would have never been able to reach before I, with this I, NFC. I will say
2: the same thing that I have I have said since the beginning of his candidacy. Social media is Trump's enemy. If you if Trump did not sit on if Trump did not tweet throughout his entire presidency, he would have been reelected so fast it would have made your head spin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a massive margin of victory in, in 2020, if Trump had just not kind of shot himself on the foot on social media as much as he did. And now what we're seeing is kind of a, a redux of that. So Trump did his whole free speech thing. That's what people want to see right now. That's a very good policy. Even if it's, again, like in his announcement uh, speech, he's announcing his candidacy, he talked about during his presidency he wanted to put a person on Mars kind of a cool thing to say. I was mm-hmm. there for it. I'm like, mm-hmm. "All right, yeah, all right. That that's a very great goal. I like it." And then he follows it up by saying weird stuff on socials. If he put his phone away and just came out and did his uh when he went to go pick up Otto from the the North Korean exchange where he was that quiet for America president that everyone appreciated, strong, mm-hmm. not taking crap from anybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what Americans really liked at mm-hmm. least from what I saw. That's why I voted for him the two times that I did. But then when it's just social goofing off and stuff, I'm like well, he's not a politician. He's not going to follow those rules. Okay, well, I'm just saying it looks bad. It just it doesn't look great. It I doesn't do, make him more presidential.
1: I do think with the NFT portion of that it, it, it is going to alienate some of his base who, what's NFT and I'm not spending money on that. If it were actually something you can physically put in your hand.
2: They should have been like Trump, little Trump statues. Trading card,
1: like a Pokemon card or something, because people do you just like said, to...
2: Did you just say, call them Pokemon?
1: Yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon.
2: Pokemon. That, cards. That's just very, I, just very boomer mom <laughs> oh, energy there. Sucks. Them kids with their Nintendos and
1: their Pokemon. Their Pokemon. Uh, but if it was something physical you could put up on your shelf, yeah. people do like to collect Collect Seriously, like I'm ser- like a little little yes. statue or yes. something.
2: Like we have Trump on the bottom, like a pedestal. I think a Greek column pedestal. And then no, hear me out. And then at the, on the top of it, it's Trump in one of those things, fighter jet costume, or him on a foot holding a football or something. And it's just like a little, looks like a little marble statue. Mm-hmm. Those would sell like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. I'd buy one. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? That that's kind of cool. Yeah. But no, the digital, fact that it's digital, digital images that I can literally just right click. If someone else is showing it off, I can click right click. Save image as. And then it's mine.
1: Okay. well, he did actually unveil a policy platform, which I thought was actually going to be the major announcement. It should
2: have been the major announcement.
1: And and instead it got buried because we're talking about this NFT thing instead. So we're going to we're going to get to actually what he said in this policy speech. And we'll do that coming up from 93 W.I.B.C. Good morning. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennedy is filling in for Rob today. And uh, we were talking about Donald Trump. So yesterday he unveiled the Trump's trading cards and he uh, previewed it, teased it as a major announcement. We took him at his word that it was going to be something serious. Uh, it turned out to be something a, a little more fun, but later in the day, he unveiled a free speech policy platform and it was to shatter the left wing censorship regime and reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. And he laid out six points, things that he wanted to get done. So let's take a listen to see what he had to say yesterday afternoon.
3: First, within hours of my inauguration, I will sign an executive order banning any federal department or agency from colluding with any organization, business, or person to censor, limit, categorize, or impede the lawful speech of American citizens. I will then ban federal money from being used to label domestic speech as mis- or disinformation. And I will begin the process of identifying and firing every federal bureaucrat who has engaged in domestic censorship, directly or indirectly, whether they are the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Health, Human Services, the FBI, the DOJ, no matter who they are. Second, I will order the Department of Justice to investigate all parties involved in the new online censorship regime, which is absolutely destructive and terrible, and to aggressively prosecute any and all crimes identified. These include possible violations of federal civil rights law, campaign finance laws, federal election law, securities law and antitrust laws, the Hatch Act, and a host of other potential criminal, civil, regulatory and constitutional offenses. Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: I, I, oh, first of all, have you ever watched uh, the, the Olympics like gymnastics routines? Mm-hmm. Okay, so at the end when they finish their routine and all the judges hold up their card? Yeah. Everyone just held up a 10. Yeah, that's that's the yes! Trump I want. Yes, all of those were good policies. All mm-hmm. of those are things Americans are currently concerned about. All of those are things that are directly affecting the common average everyday American. It's what we've all been dealing with the last two to three years. That's the Trump I want. That is that is the Trump that I voted for twice. Mm-hmm. If, if that was all that he was doing it, if he was just coming out and making those kind of statements, period, mm-hmm. He, it, he I, I would consider voting for him again in, in 2024.
1: Okay, so he goes on. He Those were just parts one and two. He went on to lay out stuff in three, four, five, and six. And he said that the plans include revising Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. He also Which wants a digital bill debate. of rights and he concluded his speech by calling for a fight for free speech and a matter of victory or death for America and the survival of Western civilization itself. Correct,
2: Very, the Western civilization thing is key. Mm-hmm. The entire basis of Western civilization rests upon Gutenberg's invention of the press and making sure that every individual can read, write, and publish things. We are built on the Protestant Reformation and hammering those 95 theses to the door that's that's our heritage so to speak and i really wish that i we could see him focus on that all the time i was or focus on issues like that all the time maybe i should say
1: i was wondering why Did somebody mess up in his office? Did somebody in the PR department mess up and they had the dates wrong and they accidentally did the NFT digital trading card on the same day that he's announcing this policy speech? And I thought, no, okay, nobody messed up. They did that intentionally. So why would they do that? Are they trying to bury the free speech policy? You know, Trump speech. does a lot of
2: things well. Hiring is not one of them. It's just not. I mean, think about who he endorsed in the last election. He endorsed Dr. Oz because he was a personality and Trump liked him. Mm-hmm. He didn't endorse him because he was a competent candidate. He didn't endorse him because he was good for the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, of course, league's better than Fetterman, but that's another topic for another day. As far as, as Trump is concerned, he has always struggled with appointing the right people to the right positions. That is his biggest Achilles heel, way bigger than his mouth. And I think that what you're seeing here is a lot of some stupid statements staffer said, the NFT thing is brilliant. It's the greatest idea ever. Mm -hmm. And No, I don't think that Trump suddenly woke up one day and went, I've got it. Digital trading cards. It's (laughs) going to be huge. I don't think he did that at all. I mean, the man couldn't pronounce NFTs comfortably while he was doing the commercial. I think that what happened here is that a staffer, he's just got bad staffers. Trump really doesn't hire the best of people. He hires based on personality and not based on competence.
1: I thought it was, uh, if it was intentional, okay, that's pretty smart because in the morning he got us all talking about his trading cards. And then in the afternoon, while he was top of mind, he released something more serious. And He's going to have to do that all the time, day after day after day for the next oh, two terrible, years. Terrible,
2: terrible strategy.
1: Well, he's he's getting earned media out of it because we spent a portion of yesterday talking about him, we're spending today talking about him. Yeah,
2: but what do we spend the majority of the time talking about? We I were mean, talking about the NFT it, you thing. Know, if the, if a clown comes in wearing big clown shoes and the big nose and is, is covered in the clown makeup and honks his nose around the office and then goes outside and and takes off the clown costume and then comes in and you know brings you a steak dinner, uh, what's the story of the day going to be? The steak dinner or the man who... Walked in in a clown costume and made a fool out of himself. Yeah, I just—it's a very bad political media strategy. I don't see it being very effective. Uh, And if I'm wrong, I mean, okay. I I just this would be the first time that something like that's worked. Hey, I just heard
1: that you know how to do a uh, Seinfeld impression. Uh, I I I do. I can do a Jerry Seinfeld Kramer. What are you doing? Come on! I I can do the the (laughs) upset Jerry
2: or Kramer. Jerry, we we have to make the video. I have to go. My friend, Bob Sacamano, he did radio
1: all the time. Okay, so I wanted to share this with you because I think it's so interesting. I wrote an article earlier this week. Actually, I didn't write the article. AI wrote the article. But here, AI is writing a Jerry Seinfeld routine about Elon Musk creating a dating website. Now, it's not perfect, but boy, the audio is done by AI. The writing was done by AI. There's nothing real here, but it sure sounds close. So I heard something interesting recently. Did you know that Elon Musk is starting a dating website?
2: (laughs) No, I don't know what kind of success he'll have. I mean, let's face it, he's a bit eccentric. (laughs) But I think it's kind of a funny idea. I mean, I can imagine going on a date with him.
0: He'd probably
2: start off by saying something like hey, let's go to Mars. And then I'd be like, I don't think
3: I'm dressed for that.
1: <laughs> I, I just
3: Well maybe he'd suggest going into a fancy restaurant. And I'd reply, I don't think there are any fancy restaurants on Mars. <laughs>
2: It's it's good. So I guess the- it's 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 just it's good. I mean I I love it. I know a lot of people are creeped out by this kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I was a huge Seinfeld fan, huge Friends and How I Met Your Mother fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kind of sitcoms, all I always enjoyed. Um, I, I love that the AI scripting is is creepy mm-hmm. and, and like the fact that the voices are very close is again creepy, but
1: I love it. What's real, what isn't?
2: Oh, it's it's philosophical and it's deep, but man, it's hilarious.
1: You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning.